0: I'm Leanne Spencer, founder of Body Shop Performance Limited, author, TEDx speaker, and your host. This is the Remove the Guestwork podcast, the show where I interview influential people in the health and fitness industry to bring you the latest ideas on how to optimize your mind, body, and well-being. Welcome to the Remove the Guestwork podcast. I'm Leanne Spencer, your host. If you're a returning listener, welcome. It's great to have you back. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome to you as well. I hope you enjoy the content. Have a look back through the archive. We've interviewed lots of interesting, insightful and engaging, funny people. So have a look back and enjoy some of those previous episodes as well as this one. So my guest this week is me. Last week I did an interview with Sarah Ann Lucas, aka Bird, on her live radio show, channelradio.co.uk in Studio 2. And we talk about my victories and successes, but also hard times, how I bounced back from them, where body Shot came about. Some of my background and my values and beliefs and philosophies, both in business but also in my personal life. And there's a lot of crossover between the two as well. So it was a really fun interview to record. And we've just sort of condensed it to bring it to you on this show this week. Now, if you want to connect with Sarah Ann or Bird, then you can uh, have a look at her website as well, which is birdonabike.co.uk. Check out what she does. But she was a wonderful interviewer, a really great question. So I think you're gonna enjoy this. Everything we talk about is in the show notes and enjoy the episode as ever. Let us know your thoughts and comments, subscribe, and of course share the episode if you think someone could really benefit from hearing this. That is probably the greatest compliment that you could pay us on the show. Enjoy. Leanne Spencer, welcome.
1: Thank you. I feel like we've spoken forever.
0: Well, we have. We have know. Quite a warm up, haven't we? I can't believe you didn't save me for 100. I'm quite miffed. This isn't a good place to start. I know, love. <laughs> I would have loved to. I don't know why I didn't actually. I don't know why you didn't. That's no, a I look shame. Forward to, to hearing you've got us as number 100. I know. Can I have I can't a suggestion be... for you, actually? Oh, really? Mm, I'll tell you. off-air. Tell air. me off air. Tell me off air. Tell us about you. Well, I'm very well. I'm absolutely loving this fantastic summer. <laughs> we're very. Uh, we were just saying before we went on air that it's the best summer we've had since 1976, which is 42 years ago. Yeah, I'm very good. Good. Where are you at the minute with life, with business, with everything? So I'm genuinely in a very, very good place with life, business and everything else. I got married last year to my wife, Antonia, and we had an amazing honeymoon. And then we came back and we battened down the hatches in terms of travel and spending. In business, things are about as good as they've ever been. We have had a difficult spot. You know, we had a very Mm. tough couple of months at the start of this year. Back end of last year, the last six months of last year were very difficult for me personally, financially, and in terms of the business. But we came through that. We've got a very clear idea now where we want the business to go to. We're very clear on that. we have got a lot of clarity. And we're just starting to see some of the assets that I've created. So we have a podcast, as you know. I've published two books. We produce a lot of content. And we're starting to see that get engagement not just in terms of clients but also people interacting with the content people sharing the content that's probably one of the greatest things you can do with an episode yeah. like this or a podcast isn't it share it not phone up and say i want to buy something from i know you. share it with someone else it's going to help are you
1: have the audacity to ask
0: people to share it for you yeah we do at the end of the podcast we ask you to share we ask to like you know the usual stuff like subscribe Mm. download we could probably do a better job of asking people to share actually it's we're celebrating our one year anniversary of the podcast on saturday and maybe what i should do when i go live on facebook i encourage people to find an episode they love and share it with someone Mm. else that's a really great idea i will do that
1: yeah and i'll tell you what most podcasts i think they say about 95 percent of podcasts finish after the first year
0: yeah because it's hard. Well, it's a low number of episodes. I think it's 20-something episodes. Really? People don't get past. Oh, um, we've done well then, haven't we? Yeah. But I think you've got to be all in on it. And as we were saying before we went on air, oh, no, I absolutely love it. The conversations that I've had, you know, the essence of why mm. we're here now, the conversation with people that I wouldn't otherwise be able to get hold of. You know, they're either too busy. If I just wanted to do that, old oh, can we have a coffee so I can pick mm-hmm. your brains? They wouldn't have time for it. But if you want to bring them on as an expert in their area to talk very specifically about client problems, then they're mm. up for it. I've had some brilliant conversations with people.
1: Yeah. So you think, I mean, we've had coffees forever. We used to meet up in London, at me some Pancras, have an hour together, mastermind, be creative, say yes, no, we were really honest with each other, weren't we? And yep. then time gets in the way a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. And we both said, my God, has it been 18 months, two years since we've done that? Mm. You said something to me, and I love this, and you went, I'm very protective with my time. Mm.
0: What does that mean? So it means saying no to more, which I think is something that almost everyone could do well just to think about. How often do you say no to things? I think we're very driven with overscheduling, measuring our productivity against our self-worth, how much we do. Is how well we feel about ourselves. So I say no to more stuff. I'll look ahead in the diary. And if I can see a week which is very, very busy, I'll make sure I've created some space in that diary, some micro breaks, but also some space around those busy events. I will not do things that I've normally said yes to. And I've kind of pared down the stuff that I do. So, for example, I'll do in terms of contribution, I volunteer for a charity called diversity role well models so it's, it's designed to counter homophobic biophobic and transphobic bullying so it's a cause close to my heart but rather than give money which i've said look i'll give you a small amount of money but can i not give you my time so i volunteer for a workshop one day a week so we go into a school we do four or five classes so you're basically in a classroom from nine to three with a break and you do an hour's workshop for five periods of the school day and i give money to another charity which is alzheimer's, alzheimer's research so in terms of creating more time, that's I prioritise, where do I want to be spending my time? And I also want to be able to have a blended lifestyle, which is perfect for any entrepreneur. Yeah, I want to be able to say, actually, it's really sunny out there. I'm going to take the rest of the afternoon off, but I'll do a Saturday morning. So that's what I mean. It's just It's ring fencing time so that I can be fairly relaxed and focus on the stuff that's important to me. And that does require me to say no to more things. But it's quite empowering when you do that. You're not letting people down. That's nonsense. You're actually making sure that what you do say yes to, you're all in on. Yeah, we love, we've been to a couple
1: of his book launches, so Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. Now he says to work.
0: Yeah, hard. I don't agree with him. I love that. <laughs> I mean, what well, i say I don't agree. I don't agree with him for me yes but it may work for other people but you know that's sitting up doing your social media until three in the morning i get where he's coming from yeah, me and too. it works for him and he does say patience is another key tenet mm. of it you know be patient doesn't quite marry with the be up till three in the morning doing your instagram but anyway i think you know take what works for you one of the, the things i've done to create more time for myself is change who i was emulating and idolizing in terms of other entrepreneurs so the old style drag and den entrepreneurs of you You know, even on holiday, you work the morning and you take the afternoon off and you work, work, work. I don't look up to them anymore. I look up to entrepreneurs like Daniel Priestley, who's the guy who runs the KPI program that Mm. brought us together, who actually believes in creating space for yourself. I mean, it's working smart. It's creating content that works for you while you're off doing other things. I also changed the people I wanted to emulate. And so to entrepreneurs that aren't work, 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 work. Mm.
1: And we do that, don't we? We move how we move. So we change Who we believe we love. That's not saying they're not wrong, but actually, you're not right for me at this moment.
0: Yeah. And take what works for you. Take aspects of Daniel Priestley's philosophy and apply them to your life. Take aspects of Gary Vaynerchuk's. Mm. But it also comes down to your end game, doesn't it? If you want to build a business quickly and you want rapid growth, you want to build a performance business, then you're going to have to emulate more of maybe Gary Vaynerchuk's type philosophies. Mm. If you're building a lifestyle business and you don't want to go under month on month, but if you have an average month, that's okay. I'm going to smash it a bit the next month. Mm. That's fine as well. So it's also thinking about what's your end game? And one of the things I've had to do is remove an old belief that I was going to run a big business and have lots of employees, et cetera, et cetera, which is what I always believed from a child and disentangle myself from that. Yeah, but you said you would do this and you, know, you ought really to be doing that. I think, Actually, I don't want to be. I want to be running a lifestyle business, mm. having time for travel, time to walk the dog. Time to meditate, time to just mooch around the house and do what I want to do without feeling constrained by my own expectations, which are very historical in nature, or the
1: expectations of anyone else. Yeah, I've got so many questions to ask just from that one sentence. Where did that love when you're a child of wanting to be a businesswoman, of wanting to run this
0: business, Mm. with? where did that come from? What's the essence of that? So that came from my dad. He was an entrepreneur. Semiconductors was one of his businesses. I remember sitting at his big old desk, a bit like the one we're sat at now, you know, that he worked at. I've emulated a lot of his patterns, the way I answer the phone with my name, to making notes and lists. And it came from that and sometimes he would take me into work with him when i was a young child and when i was at uni i would come back in the holidays and work for him as well and i learned a lot about business all the way from you know i would been manning the phones, so you know learn how to answer yeah. a phone you hear other people having conversations you can see i was doing stock take for the semiconductor parts you actually get involved in different areas of the business so i wanted to go into commerce which is what i did having done an english literature degree so that's where it came from and in the end, I realised actually some of the ways in which my father worked weren't that healthy. So I realised that, but it was kind of emulating and copying him. So now where you are at the moment with Body Shop, just tell us
1: a little bit of what that is and how it really comes together with the well-being of you now.
0: Yeah. So we started six years ago as a personal training company and, went there and I ran that successfully and we were very successful in fact and i got very busy realized that actually i was going to burn out again for a a fraction of the money if i didn't change the way we were doing business so long story short we kind of brought some other people in to do the pt for me and that didn't work out And then I realized, and it was really through that KPI program that I've talked about, that we weren't going to make, you know, it wasn't a scalable business. And whilst it was fun, I was, my ambitions were outgrowing the nature of personal training. So we kind of went through this business transformation program, which encouraged you, amongst other things, to publish content, productize your business. So you're not selling time for money anymore and create your profile, create partnerships that can help you grow the business. Where we are today is we are an award-winning health and well-being consultancy, and we create total solutions to optimise mind, body, and well-being. So we have products, but typically it's coaching packages, and we work with corporates as well. What I love about... The company six years ago and now is it is all around well-being, particularly so in recent years. And I've created a business that where I'm in control of much of it. I outsource a lot of it as well. I've got the time to spend on my well-being. I'm very careful to make sure I'm not overdoing it because I have done that before. And I think it's easy to do when you're running your own business. I'm just going to pop downstairs and do half an hour on the laptop, you know, mm. kind of thing. And it's all predicated around well-being. But apart from anything else, I get up as you do on stages. I'm frequently pitching to businesses and coaching clients. You can't look ragged tired frustrated you are your product yes exactly you've got to look the part and genuinely embody the part as well Ooh. not just look it put on a face nice coaching face hello client <laughs> you know you've got to feel good <laughs> inside yourself as well so it's got to be authentic so in some ways i've created something because my background is i had a chronically abusing alcohol i burnt out six years ago in some ways i wanted to create for myself something that is authentic but keeps me in check to a degree yeah i mean i'm not relying on this job and me needing to look fresh to keep me off alcohol or out of burnout but it is a part of it you know it's the whole everything to use one of favorite words is predicated around me being well yeah. And therefore embodying that.
1: And is that where you got the idea from, was post being unwell? That was, you know I say, it's always your had enough moment. Yeah. Had you had enough of that?
0: Oh, undoubtedly, yeah. I mean, I can tell you, it was. I can't tell you the day, but it was March 2012. And my last job was working in sales for a market data company. And I'd been tired, my probation had been extended. And by this point, I was drinking anything between a bottle and a half and three bottles of wine a night. Just say that again. I was drinking anywhere between a bottle and a half and three bottles of wine a night.
1: And did you get drunk
0: at the end of it, or literally it was just... Um, What was it doing? Numbing, was it? Oh, it was definitely taking its toll. But, I mean, look, in hindsight, I can see that I was living very inauthentically, medicating against stress, medicating against feelings of unfulfillment and frustration. You know, I used to have long hair, and then that's... In my city career, I used to wear skirts and tights now I appreciate your listeners can't see what I'm wearing now but I've got short hair shirts and a t-shirt my mm. Birkenstocks are over there so I'm sat here barefoot so you know that's me and that takes its toll that dressing in a way that's not authentic surrounding yourself with people that say things like oh I don't get out of bed for less than 50 grand if the deal's not worth that you know a lot of presenteeism people turning up and not doing much all that kind of thing mm. you know lots of stress people medicating with booze and that's so I just thought this is not the right environment for me and it took its toll I stuck it out as long as I could Anyway, my probation had been extended. So I think everyone knew something's not right here. And I was given a big number to hit. It's very simple in sales. Go hit that number. We know you probably won't and we'll solve the problem that way. But I actually had a pipeline that was going to deliver that number. And I went to a meeting on a Friday afternoon in March 2012. And the client told me that his client, for whom he was building a system that needed my data, had pulled out. So the deal was off. And I knew then there was no way I was going to hit that big number. So as I crossed over London Bridge on the way home, I'd gone on the train, got back, looked at myself in the mirror, thought you're three and a half stone overweight, chronically abusing alcohol, alcoholic, really. And you're burnt out. So pull the plug, go and do something else. And that, in essence, is what I did. Took some time out to rest and recover and then thought to answer your earlier question, what do I want to do next? Well, it's after some thinking thought the things I love are health and you can snigger because what's healthy about drinking three bottles of wine a night but sloshing around in all of that there was a desire to be healthy contradictory as it sounds and the other thing was business so I thought how can I intersect those two things and that's where body shot came about Mm. named because you know I liked boxing and obviously it's the name of a boxing shot but also a shot to the body you know a shot of health an injection into So that's what I called it. It didn't, in fact, involve a lot of thought. Later on, we renamed it Body Shop Performance Limited. And that's how it came about. So it was very much about how can I be healthy? I don't want to go back into the city for sure. I want something where I need to be healthy. It's all about health, where people don't look at you funny if you're not drinking Mm. or you're eating something healthily. Look at you funny if you are drinking and eating something unhealthy. Mm. So that was very much driven by my own personal experience. So this is where I ask you that beautiful question. What had to end for a beginning okay so that is an easy one what had to end is just about everything I was doing six years ago but predominantly that amount of alcohol that I was consuming and you asked the question did I was I drunk at the end of all that no you're kind of topping up I mean it was alcoholic drinking let's make no secret of that it wasn't problem drinking it was alcoholic drinking so some mornings I'd wake up feeling very shaky and anxious so I'd have a glass that would come back up quite often I'd have another one that would stay down and that would quell the sort of anxiety and the shaking couple at lunch and a bottle of half again in the evening. And that's how you get up to that sort of number. So you're not ever drunk, as it were, but your blood alcohol levels are consistently being topped up because you're physically dependent.
1: How did you manage to keep or make any relationships with anybody around you?
0: Miracle. God knows. I mean, it functioned well. I mean, Antonia and I got together, I can't remember, she'll know, a year and a half maybe before I gave up alcohol. Oh, wow. Years. So she was with you in it? Yes, But when you're in an addictive pattern of behavior, whether it's to sex or gambling or booze or food or whatever, your primary relationship is with that thing, not with anyone else. And that definitely would have been felt by the other people in my life. Functioning well at work well functioning at work, I would say you function because you get used to it. And what comes with addiction is some secrecy and you get clever with stuff with Mm. covering up and that sort of thing. You'll also surround yourself with people that that aren't going to ask questions because they're probably drinkers too, you know. So it's doable, but it's extremely unhealthy. It's toxic, and ultimately it's going to get you in one way or another.
1: Mm, I'm just fascinated. Yeah. You know that I see you today. We were just saying now, to see you today, I can't even see you in that
0: pattern. Yeah. No, and if you haven't known me as that, it would be hard to. And I have had a couple of people say to me, were you really an alcoholic, Leanne? And I'm thinking, yes, I've been, I haven't got a certificate,
1: but yes. It's not even that with the blame or judging or putting you in that box. I can't imagine this woman that I know to even be able to have that behaviour. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. But I think the stuff that was driving the drinking and drug taking in the past as well, isn't there anymore. It's been reconciled. Mm. So you wouldn't see in any aspect of me, I think, oh, I can see why, you know, because it's been reconciled. How did you heal it? well for the alcohol side of things i actually spent six weeks in a rehab in Lowestoft. you paid for it yourself yeah i paid for it myself yeah well actually antonia paid for it and i paid about when i sold my house and that was actually a really interesting experience you see the other side of what you might people you know crackheads you might call them crackheads Mm. as you walk past or drive past them and you see the other side of that when the crack's been removed you see a deeply damaged individual and you learn humility towards those people so that was that kind of gets you it takes a week to physically detox from the alcohol or 10 days and then the rest of that time you spend just getting back to normal and some people there haven't made a bed in years they've eaten out of skips and so on now that wasn't me but i just really enjoyed it you don't have your phone you don't have your wallet you can't go anywhere without someone else or medically supervised so you just get to sort of come down to work you have got to worry about bills or anything or pretending or hiding alcohol or going to work pretending it's all all right and after that after those six weeks Just getting to know yourself again, reconnecting with people, reconnecting with things that you used to love, reconnecting with yourself, Mm. that you've been drowning, aspects of yourself you've been drowning out all this time or blocking out. And it takes quite a while. I mean, it's been over a number of years that I've kind of made those reconnections. I'm now much more comfortable with stillness. I used to be obsessed with busyness before, you know, coming back to some of the other things we talked about. It's quite a long process, but it's also an enjoyable one because you're back in control completely back in control of your health you don't need anything else to liven you up or and you know coming back to that point about time you start saying no to more things that you would have gone to or or, oh, i don't want to go out tonight but you know i'll jazz myself up with a couple of drinks Mm. it'll be all right you know you don't do that you just think i'm not going or i'm going till half eight and then i'm off yeah so yeah it's a slow process of healing but it's also quite an enjoyable one are you still healing I think we're all healing something all of the time. So the answer would be yes. But definitely in terms of alcohol, no. But in terms of coming to terms with some of the reasons why I might have drunk in the first place, then yes, I'd say Mm. that's probably the case. Mm. Do you see, because you have peak, do you call them peak performance clients? Uh, What do you call your clients? We have brain body reboot packages. So it is peak performance, but in some ways it's not actually. Optimizing their health, health, fitness and well-being, yeah.
1: Do you see that because you have continued to go through the journey of well-being and health, does that enable you to share that wisdom? How do you feel that that all comes together?
0: Yeah, yeah. I share a lot of the wisdom that I've learned over the last few years. And I find myself in a similar position to many of my clients, which is a powerful place to be. So, one client that I'm working with really struggles to be still. She struggles to shut down or disconnect. So, I can definitely relate to that. I'm much better at it, but I'm not one to be idle. I like to be home and busy. And I'm sure there's all sorts of things you can pick out mm. from that. So, I can really relate to how she's feeling, but I have got used to being still. And the fundamental things helped me do that is meditation 15 minutes a day. So, profoundly changes your physiology i I measure it with tech i can see my heart rate going down and my HRV going up so that's the thing i'll be working on with her other clients will come to me because they've heard something like this where i've talked openly about alcohol consumption they want help in that area yeah so i mean there's lots of my personal experience i can apply to Mm. clients to help them out
1: do you find though that sometimes because it was so personal to you that it makes you relive the process a little bit or not it's completely severed
0: I don't think it's ever completely severed. But, yeah, I mean, I haven't had a case where I felt it was too close for comfort. Mm. And I also been careful. I don't want to be known as an alcohol coach or a yes. sobriety coach. It's part of the fabric of people's lives, and it may be something that they want to reduce or even eliminate, mm. But I would want to look at health holistically, and alcohol is obviously a very big part of that. But I wouldn't encourage someone to come to me to learn how to stop drinking. It's very complex. And I don't know if you can learn how to stop drinking. I think you have to naturally come to a point, you know, the had enough point where well, yeah. I crossed that bridge. I'm done with this. There are two very clear paths available to me, and I've just not taken that one
1: because
0: mm. that one, you know, leads to who knows where. But it does come up. But I haven't had an instance now where it's been too close to comfort. Mm. Do you share all of this on your podcast? Because you speak to some amazing
1: people about your podcast.
0: Well, thank you. Actually, I was interviewed by Mark LaRouste. I don't know if you know Mark. Mm. He's got a podcast called The Unconventionalist. Yes. And he was very clever. I went, I don't know if he was deliberately clever, actually. I went up to meet him in his house in North London. And he just asked me, so did you go to rehab then? And I found myself saying, yes. (laughs) That was the first time I talked about that on air. And I've had some people on my show. So Nick Elvery is another one. And he talked about his experience of drinking drugs and and multiple rehabs. And I sort of shared back with him. So we talked about it really openly. So it's come up in a few podcast episodes. I've now realised that people want to hear real stuff. And I never wanted to portray myself as someone who's got their stuff together. Because no one's got their stuff entirely Mm. together. And I find the more open I am about it, because a lot of people connect with alcohol, even if it's just, well, I really struggle not to drink on a Sunday or I really struggle to just have one glass. It's numbing. People, yeah. I mean, they're using it to put them to sleep, caffeine to wake up in the morning, using it as a stress reliever, or using it just to fit in, which is, I think, what I started doing at age 14.
1: Yeah, I absolutely see that. That's one of the biggest things that I get with, say, clients, is that they they don't want to tell people around them, to adjust with them so they just fit in. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. Keeping up with people as well. Yeah. The fear of missing out. Even the weight thing as well, you know. I say to people, well, just tell people, that you know, I'm really asking for your support. Can you come with me on this? Mm. I couldn't do that. I've got to eat what's put in front of me. Mm. I find it fascinating. Yeah. You mentioned about weight. Mm. You know, with your health, not weight. Yeah. Right at the beginning. Tell me more about that, because I love this. Right, We could talk about this forever. And you're not biohacking.
0: No. So biohacking, for anyone listening and wondering what that is, my definition is using science, technology and nature to hack your physiology. So cold water showers is a biohack, for example, to try yeah. and, you know to improve your immune system and so on. So no, I'm not doing a lot of biohacking. I've tried stuff. I'm keeping it simple. I meditate every day. I take acryl oil for brain health. I take an antioxidant and some green powders to supplement my vegetable intake and that's it. As well as what I call staples of moving well, eating well, sleeping well. So you're not under lights? Nope. It's not sitting under a red light, though Antonia, my wife, does religiously every day. But it comes different. Yeah. And that's the key, isn't it? Yeah. I've tried lots of stuff though, and then I thought, you know, what? I haven't got time to do all of this, or I don't want to prioritise this stuff. This is what works for me. So I've gone from doing quite a lot to keeping it really simple. Yeah. But the important thing is just to try stuff or get a coach to introduce you to things and then you can figure out what works for you. What's the first part of that question? about the, oh, the, the, fitness weight. And the weight. Yeah, because you say yeah. it's not about the weight, and not no, this is a key part of our philosophy. Actually, I think particularly for women, but men as well, we go on and on about weight and the aesthetics of fitness, and it's really not about that. For me, it's about functional fitness. It's about finding out what we can achieve with our bodies, not focusing so much on how they look. And I'm really passionate about this. Mm. The essence of my TEDx talk is why fitness is more important than weight. I wanted to call it "Why Fitness is More Important Than Fatness," but they felt it was too clickbaity as a title. Oh my- God, it is so visceral. Me versus TEDx and TEDx one. What do you know? (laughs) But yeah, in in the talk, I talk about how the pressure that young girls are under to look good. The commentary at things like the Olympics was all about, you know, the, the appearance of these athletes not what they're achieving with their bodies. It's affecting young boys as well. Well, they tend to strive for more outward appearance. So they'll take steroids to build muscle, for example. Young girls tend to internalise it more. But we need to move away from the aesthetics of how we look Mm. and focus on what we can do with our bodies and what we can achieve with them. And I'm going to really amp up my efforts in that area. And I think talking about it openly, that's the
1: way to go. Yeah. Because you've got these visions everywhere. IG doesn't help. Instagram doesn't help us
0: at all. No. No, I mean, most social media doesn't. I mean, I don't social media any of my workouts, very rarely. In fact, I did have a spate earlier in the year of Facebooking me in what I call an Instagram pose, the sideward look, you know, with the camera (laughs) into a mirror. With my hair in a top knot, I wear sort of baggy combat shorts, any Mm. T-shirt really in the gym. I do not dress to work out, which is another really odd thing. So I do a bit of mockery. But other than that, you don't see anything about my workouts or anything like that on social.
1: It's not necessary. No, no, we all know what to do. Yeah. Dude, here it comes. The seven what's one who? All right. Seven questions beginning with what? They're not about you and I, Leanne. They're about you, my darling. They're about you hearing me ask Leanne the question. They're about Leanne answering the question. And then this is where the magic becomes. And you translate this into you and think, what do I believe to be true? How would I have answered that? So here it is, number
0: one. What has gone wrong that you were responsible for? Mm what's gone wrong well lots of decisions that I've made were not good ones I mean nothing's gone majorly wrong in life I think it was going to six years ago but I pulled the plug before it got pulled on me I'm not saying I haven't made mistakes and things haven't gone wrong but there hasn't been one sort of catastrophic thing that's gone really wrong mm. I'm going to pick you up on what you said earlier so
1: you said last year the last six months financially it wasn't as you planned it to be yeah how did you test the potential? How did you adapt the business so that actually it gave you that tipping point in commercial? Well, how we re-
0: how we recovered? Yeah. Well, I mean, I say what's nothing's gone wrong. I made some bad decisions last year. A classic mistake of spending money in advance of getting it. We were expecting a fairly large sum to come into the coffers mm. and it did, but it came in much, much later than anticipated. So I bought a load of stuff at a honeymoon you and know, ended yeah, up having yeah. to go on credit. So actually I did dropped the ball considerably in terms of finance last year, which resulted and and the business had some poor months and some high expenditure. So I paid myself on a credit card for a few months, found myself with a credit card that was maxed out. I had to get a little bit of a bridging personal loan. Yeah, wow. And it all got quite close to the wire. And we got rescued by the money we were expecting coming in. And from business perspective, realizing that we were eligible for R and D tax credits, so we got a big chunk of money back, Great. which dug us out because we're a very, in many ways, a successful business. But a business is nothing without cash, and that nearly got us. So yeah, that would be an example. What did that. you
1: learn for you? What can you, you know, people go? Oh, what did you take away? Yeah. I'm not worried about that. What did you feel? Wow, that needed to happen for me to grow to today.
0: Yeah, big transformation happened actually from that personal difficulty financially. I became hyper-aware of my consumerism and what I spent money on. So what I spent money on, I started to rationalise the stuff I spent money on. That was a simple one to do. But I became really aware of, you know, you get a coffee cup and you stir it with a wooden stick and you sling the wooden stick and you go slurp, 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 and you sling the clap, And it's not normally recycled because most bins are not recyclable. I became really aware of that. Now I have a keep cup. Now we've got solar panels on our house, so we're going to harvest some of the the sun. We've got water butts that I'm installing soon in the garden, so we're going to have water. I grow my own vegetables now, so I became very conscious of consumption. So I'll try and minimise packaging. I was horrified when my dress, as you know, I dressed Mm. up as Dame Edna for the marathon. That dress came from China. Had I known that when I clicked buy, I wouldn't have ordered it. So I'm aware now of all this kind of stuff. So I'm trying to minimise the packaging that I use being aware of where I'm ordering products from, growing my own if I can in terms of vegetables. So that was a big transition point. So a dire situation financially for me has resulted in me being much more careful. I don't think in 43 years working for 23 of those that I've ever lived within my means until the last 12 months. Amazing. Ever. And in the past, I had jobs that paid reasonable bonuses every three months because I've always been in sales, but not for the last six years. Mm. But I've been spending in the same kind of jam tomorrow. If you get that Mm. analogy, it's going to be easy. It's almost like, you know, we'll be a millionaire next year, Rodney. Jam tomorrow. There's going to be good money's coming. So let's just keep spending. And that wasn't the case. I don't pay myself that much now because I'm building a business. So, yeah, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of turning financial difficulty into right. Do I need to buy that? Do I need to replace that with new? Can I buy secondhand? That keep cup, that comes with me everywhere. So if I have a coffee, put it in a glass cup, please.
1: I drive my family mad. I always say to them, is it an asset? And then Mm -hmm. they try to make an argument with me about, is this an asset or not? It's just hilarious. Yeah. What do you mean asset? An asset. So if I buy this dress, is it an asset to my life? Will it give me anything? So commercially, would it? Yes, I need to get this for this. And I, you know, is a house sometimes an asset? Not necessarily. We might no. buy a house that's really run down and you're never going to make the money back on it. So what you think is an asset sometimes isn't. Yep. So I really get them a question, is this an asset that you really want to buy? Yeah. Or am I taking ownership? It's a conscious decision then, isn't it? Mm. I want it because I want it to make me feel like this. That's cool then. That's
0: an asset to you. Yeah. But, but most of it's just stuff. Yeah, plastic stuff. Of course. That we don't need. So really stripping it down so that's been really fun number two what decision has been transformational i don't want to go back to the decision i made six years ago i tell you what the decision to get married i mean my mum has been married four times my dad's three so that's seven marriages in my life. <laughs> so I didn't have a huge value in it, to be honest. Didn't put a huge amount of stock on it. But actually, that has been transformational. It does feel a bit different. You've been married. And yeah. You know, at some point, it was great.
1: No, it um, was and I truly believe in it. And that's why I look and I think, yeah. wow, I really still believe in marriage. I think love is the only thing. Yeah. Love So now connection. I'm all in.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's been great. for. You know, we're very happy. You know, we have a cat and a dog. The dog we got quite recently from Romania. She's a beauty. And it does change things. It does. You do feel more settled and more in a partnership and, you know, from that you're able to think, I'm even thinking about what I'm going to do in 25 years now in terms of a financial situation. So yeah. you start planning with the future a little bit more mm. as well.
1: So, yeah, I'd say that. Number three, what are you all in on?
0: I'm all in on health, being responsible for the environment, being a responsible role model, building my business. and am prioritising wellbeing. I guess that's part of health. Mm.
1: I don't see enough responsibility
0: being taken. Mm. But
1: for oneself? Anything. Yeah. I really don't. If that's yeah. one thing I hand back to people, it's the responsibility. Yeah.
0: When I was growing up, my dad had three rules for us and one was always tell the truth and the other one was always take responsibility for your own actions and there was a third one. And that second one, I've tried to live as truthfully as possible now. We're not always that honest, you know. If you're late, you don't fancy doing something. Oh, I've mixed up my diaries. No, you haven't. You just don't want to do it anymore. So, say, actually, I don't have the bandwidth to do this right now. So, even that sense, you know, that, but deeper levels of honesty as well. Yeah. Not talking about sort of little white lies, but that always taking responsibility for your own actions. I have always tried to do that. I challenge anyone that knows me listening to find a time when I said that wasn't my fault. You know, that was like it when I found it. And I really try and do that. And we need to do that with our health. You know, over the weekend, I ate all the wrong things. When we ate late, because we were over in Luxembourg at my in-laws, and we went to a restaurant and you know, the took Asia for the food to come out, blah, blah, blah. But I still ordered chips. I still ate a load of bread, <laughs> decimating French loaves. Pac-Man. Yeah. had a pudding. Yeah. When I, you know, I'm lactose intolerant. I know I shouldn't be having a pudding with ice cream. So <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I wasn't responsible. You can blame the restaurant bringing the food out late, but I didn't make the good choices. So, yeah, we need to do more of that. Yeah. For our health, but also for the planet. Start looking at what you're consuming and being, you know, feeling a bit more like we own the earth or rather we inhabit the earth collectively. We all need to be responsible for how we're looking after it.
1: And it sounds all out there, but I absolutely agree. Mm. I just think, you know, and for me, it always starts with me and my family. Yeah. I'm responsible for me and my family. And I think if we can model that, I think we're getting it all the wrong way around. Mm. The amount of people that I see in business that are amazing in business but yet it's not reflective anywhere else in their lives yeah and I think wow if we just took responsibility so much would change yeah number four what are you selling that you are still not all in on
0: okay I think the answer needs to be probably creating space part of what I will espouse to people and encourage them to do is create space create micro breaks in their day And I am getting much better at that. But still, sometimes, you know, I'll do little bits at the weekend. So I could probably do a bit better at that. But I mean, that's so that would be one thing. I said, what am I selling that I'm not doing? I'm trying to be really conscious of not, for example, preaching to people about the benefits of meditation and not meditating. Mm. In fact, we've got a WhatsApp group that we all just put a little symbol on. Oh, wow. Every day to say accountability. There's only about 15 people in the group. And sometimes I'm tempted to put a symbol in there just so it can be seen that I'm doing it if I haven't. But I never do.
1: What about, say, a book, your books now or your products? Do you still believe in them? Are you still all in on them? Do they still mean as much as they did now?
0: Yes, there are aspects of Rise and Shine. My first book, the last chapter, I'm going to change. So the last chapter talks about my methodology and how I work with people. I don't actually want that to be in there anymore. Interesting. The methodology's changed but I don't actually want the book to have that little brochure element at the back. Got it. So I'm going to rewrite chapter seven mm. and they're probably, I'm going to read it as well and think, actually, do I still believe that? Mm. Or it, it's fine for me to say, here are the benefits of doing something. If I say I'm doing it and here are the benefits and I'm not, that's a different thing. And I don't do that. Mm. I love that. I love realizing. I
1: often do. So I try to prove myself wrong a lot of the time in the future. Yeah. Does that make
0: sense? Yeah. I'm like, yes,
1: I don't believe that anymore. Yeah. And people will, Hold me accountable to it. But you said this. Yeah, but I was wrong.
0: Doesn't matter about it anyway. Yeah. You know, but I mean, also things change. You know, in the health and fitness world, part of our job is to keep abreast of what's going yeah. on. What's the latest science telling us? What's the latest studies telling us? And that changes. And it changes back to what we were doing 50 years yes, ago. It does. <laughs> yeah. It's all cyclical. You know, it really is. So, yeah. and I think it's fine to say, actually, yes, I was talking about that two years ago. Yeah. But I don't believe that anymore. Studies have disproved that. Yeah. A great one is the T shaped stretch. So, stretching my arms out to the side of the room. Amy Cuddy said it would reduce cortisol and increase testosterone. It turns out it doesn't. No, of course it doesn't. I was telling that to everyone in my workshops. Yeah. So I've taken it out. Yeah, it's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to talk to you about that because I'm just going to go,
1: time will just waste away yeah. with us. Number five, what idea have you
0: made happen? Lots of ideas. No, it sounds very grandiose. But I mean, lots of small ideas mm. that have come together to form our philosophy and our methodology. An idea... podcast and that was an idea let's try and bring something sort of interesting and innovative in in a way how
1: long do you give that idea credence for it to either build or drop how quickly do you adapt and adjust your business
0: so pretty quickly we try stuff and if it doesn't work we'll drop it and something like the podcast we committed to a year and that's going to run and run because i absolutely love it Mm. other ideas so i'll give you an idea so if you go on our website right now under bodyshopperformance.com and you click on products there'll be Eight products there built around each of our six signals. So, our methodology is we look at sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion, and fitness, what we call the six signals. So, we created a product for sleep, a product for mental health, and so on. Mm. They haven't really worked. So that's an idea. They're still on the website. If anyone wants to click and buy, you can do that. But <laughs> you, you know, know what, I'm laughing what? now, don't you? They're all <laughs> be you, I want a mental health product, and that hasn't really worked. So we have left it up there because I haven't got sleep products sitting on a shelf. There's no inventory. If you order it, I go and order your bloods, your ring, your DNA test. And it. It's my time. So I'm not tying anything up into stock. But that's not worked. We might as well pull it and just focus on coaching because people want, they want the done for you solution as much as it ever is with coaching. They've got to do the heavy lifting. We just give them the strategy direction and the weights, right? So, yeah, we may as well can that. We had an idea for an online course, two and a half hours of content, built around those six signals, sold a handful. Then I went into a corporate and said, and by the way, we've got this platform. And they said, oh, I quite like the look of that. So I said to my graphic designer, can you just put their logo on the platform? Just put a logo on. What he did is actually create the whole homepage to look like their intranet. Mm. And then when I showed them that, wow, that looks like our product. And they bought it. So I've realized that it's not going to work. We're going to sell it on Facebook for 50 quid. No one wants it. Or at least we didn't get the Facebook ad strategy right. But corporates want it so they can get, can deliver a platform to everyone in the organisation. It's just so, testing it, isn't it? It's yeah. just keep testing. So but I mean we had an idea and it was a great one, but not for the purpose we thought yeah. it was. I love that. So but that's business. Have an idea, try it, pull out
1: straight away if it's wrong. You can have a great product, but it's not commercial. And I've done that so many yeah. times now.
0: Yeah. Number six, what can't you do anymore? Right. Well, I tell you something I absolutely cannot and will not do anymore. And that's go back into a conventional nine to five or eight to six type Mm. of job. I walked home yesterday at three in the afternoon. I did the morning in the office and brought the dog home with me in the afternoon. I was in shorts, Berkies, T-shirt. And I thought, you know, this is great. It can blend your life. So what I will not be doing is going back into a job where I've got to sit there till five o'clock, come what may. And then I can go home and I've got to be back in at eight or nine o'clock. Never again.
1: Number seven. What do you give with an expectation of return
0: in an altruistic sense i give my time to diversity role models and in, in the expectation that somebody in those classrooms will have been impacted positively by what i have to say so i tell my story for five minutes about coming out my mm. experience and another role model does the same i hope that someone in that classroom is never going to call anyone a tranny again because yeah. they'll be aware of the implications of that or they'll think You sound like me. I feel I feel those feelings too. I'm not alone. From a business perspective, we're much better now. I used to have the mentality that, hey, I've given you an hour's discovery session and you're not going to do anything. Now I think you screen, make sure you've got real, genuine prospects in a discovery session, but just give them everything they need Mm. or the information they need to make a decision and leave it. We give a lot more now. One of our core values is to help first. So we have the podcast, a vlog, a blog. The books, obviously, you need to pay for, but they're not huge value. But there's actually a lot you can get from us free of charge. We have a Health IQ report on our website, which is a 39-page report built on those six signals. So we give quite a lot now. What I expect to return is if we've engaged in a coaching or a corporate relationship, and I'm bringing a lot of energy, but you haven't actually advertised internally that the workshop's happening. Or I've given you some stuff to do as a coaching client, but you haven't actually done it, yet I'm being measured on the success of the program. So in that sense, once we're engaged... Yeah, I'm expecting, yeah, I'm expecting something back. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think we should. Here it is, number two. number. your only who, which is, who do people
0: think you are? Hmm. Well, I don't know, but I would think they would think strong, focused, driven, determined, funny. Someone to watch, I hope. Hmm. It's a very tough one because, I mean, you, yeah. you don't know how you're perceived, really. Possibly a bit much for some people, a bit intimidating, I've heard. Yeah, it's a really, that's a tough one. Yeah. We believe, there's a, a
1: beautiful quote, isn't there, that says, we believe what we believe people think about us. Mm. You know, so actually what we believe of ourselves is what we think other people think. Yeah. It's all in that encompassing yeah. of confusion, really. Yeah.
0: I mean, I've given words that are very strong mm. and someone else would say but she's also this and can sometimes be a bit vulnerable no 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 which are not words i'll naturally use to describe myself so i've gone for the things that yes exactly as you say that i would want people to think
1: before i ask you the final question leanne
0: how do we connect with you how do we get hold of you where are you so Body BodyShot mm-hmm. with a T, is where you'll find that Health IQ report and more information on what we do. BodyShot Performance Limited on Facebook. We're at Body Shop PT on Twitter. The podcast is called Remove the Guesswork, which you can also find on the website. And there you be get great way. guests. So you've got
1: to listen to it because you do. You just get credible people who know what they're saying. That's what I love.
0: And what I'd add is that they're not always people you'd have heard of. Um, No. Sometimes they're just everyday folk who are doing really interesting, creative things with their health. So here it is. Your last question, my darling. Share one piece of wisdom that you would love to be
1: known for. So on my
0: Facebook page, I have, when it says description, live truthfully, considerately and suck all the marrow out of life, which (laughs) is a... It's kind of nicks a bit of throw there, the poet, to suck the marrow out of life. And I think that's what I'm striving to do. Be truthful, be considerate and really get the most out of life. So I think if someone can find their own version of that, you know, what's truthful living for them, what's considerate living for them and are they making the most out of life? It's very short. I say that in such a positive way, but it's short and precious. I was wasting time looking at my... You know, at the bottom right hand corner of my screen where you see the little clock mm. six years ago, just waiting for five o'clock for Friday, for month end, for payday. You can't live like that. If anyone's finding themselves in that situation, change.
1: Oh, I do this every week, but I'm breathing you in. Thank <laughs> you so much, Leanne. Spencer. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for standing tall in the arena. Thank you for sharing you with me today. And thank you for your innovation and that you care. So thank you pleasure so my darling have a truly amazing week it has been my absolute honour to bring to you the most extraordinary people making an impact in the universe and remember keep reaching every day and go shine bright
0: interested in finding out what your health IQ is? jump on our website bodyshopperformance.com and click on take the test and it'll take you through to a very short two to three minute health iq test at the end of that you'll get a scorecard based on your results and a free 39 page report built all around our six signals which are sleep mental health energy body composition digestion and fitness so jump on the website bodyshopperformance.com and take our test Finally, thanks for listening to this show. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard and it's added value to you, share the episode with someone who you think could benefit from it. And don't forget to leave a rating, a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.